people of Earth, good evening. We are today, January 29, 2024. Here are the developments on the current galactic events impacting the future of Earth as a planetary civilization. And I am delighted to welcome you for this 15th episode of Star Nation News. After the Nataru Alliance began their offensive on several Sikau outposts in various sectors of Nataru, and signal was given to all planetary resistance alliance in the galaxy to take arms, the Jaya government clearly stated that their position on the side of the alliance. Thai ambassador Agvaru gives us a detailed account on the current events on Talihara. Talihara is part of the Jaya star system, and it is my home world. Earthlings, named Jaya Alcyon, after a character from their ancient mythology. Jaya is the true name of my home star. I am Tal Ambassador Agvaru assigned on Talihara by the Galactic Federation of Worlds. My role is to create diplomatic links between the Taliharu government and the First Council of the Galactic Federation of Worlds. Talihara, my home world, was always under the rulership of a tyrannic regime, the Tal Shiar, siding with the enemies of the Alliance from the very beginning. Since Jahia's colonization by a renegade Tal faction from Ashara that Earthlings call Taigeta. The Talihara government was offered protection by the Galactic Federation of Worlds if they break their old accords with the Sikar Empire and a probation period for the entry of Talihara as a member world of the Galactic Federation of Worlds. The Talihara government made the move officially and rescinded all diplomatic, political and commercial agreements with Tuban, the siege of the Sikar Empire. This act made them candidate for joining membership with the Galactic Federation of Worlds, after a probation period during which the Talihara government shall prove that their world is run with equity, freedom of thought and of action, and in the most properous ways, benefiting the entire population of the planet. This probation period has now begun. All Taliharu force contingents have turned their fleets against the Sikar outposts in the Jahaya star system, with armed assistance from the Galactic Federation of Worlds right after all civilian presence was evacuated safely. The Galactic Federation of Worlds has an arsenal of immense arcs that they can move around to any star system when there is an urge for evacuating populations in danger of extinction. The Jahaya star system is not yet part of the Galactic Federation, but on the member worlds the Federation 
always offers safety arcs that are buried and ready in the eventuality of a planetary emergency. They weren't organized as such as the very beginning of this organization, but in time, they mass produced these arcs and equipped all the member worlds with a sufficient number of them. Terra has many of them, but not brought and planned by the Galactic Federation of Worlds. Terra's arcs are much more ancient. They are the result of different visiting civilizations through time. These were their own arcs, their transport vessels that they left there, on Terra, that you call Earth. Each group of arcs are in the sole custody of their own people, but I know not a great deal about the Terran arcs. Thorhan can talk better about this topic. On every world victim of the Sikar occupation that were not member, members of the Galactic Federation of Worlds, but yet under their protection, insurrection has begun. On these worlds, same as what occurred on Earth and on Mars, the Galactic Federation of Worlds set up secret defense programs with positive military organizations, helping them building defense fleets and ground arsenal, providing them with high-tech weapons and training them in combat against off-world invaders. These are what is called the planetary alliances, such as the Earth Alliance, the Mars Alliance, and so on. Well, with the development of the Sika War, after the open offensive of the Galactic Alliance, the planetary resistance cells responded to the signal all over the galaxy. There again, a surprise effect for the Sikar. Not a good day for them, surely. After Agvaru mentioned about the rescue arcs offered by the Galactic Federation of Worlds to all member cultures, I asked Una if she could develop on this and bring more elements to help us understand better the wider picture on the matter. I am Una. Altian Emissary for the Cedars. There is nowhere in the universe where life is static, frozen in time. The Anachim know how to play with the rules of the cosmos, but we, Altians, are deeply committed to respect these rules, for they are natural rules by which all creation abides. On a world newly accepted by a galactic or intergalactic protective and inclusive structure, technological and spiritual support is given to all populations facing mass extinction. Never we give immortality, but instead we offer an extra chance to live, an opportunity for life to thrive and to expand. When for some reason we arrive too late, 
will still give life a second chance by repopulating the devastated worlds. Always, we will intervene as a last resort, when the rules of evolution will have played out to their full potential. Then, and only then, we will intervene. There is nothing as sad as watching a treasure fade away into an eternal oblivion. The group I am part of, known as the Cedars, keeps a genetic bank of all life in the universe, well as best as we can. The Intergalactic Confederation sends explorers to the far ends of the known universe to check out for new life and new missions to assist the Creator. It is true that we also provide the worlds we visit with a few arcs that will only respond to our own genetics so that the indigenous cultures may not use these vessels for unfortunate ends. The arcs we provide are not all based on the same world, but when it is possible, we hide them on other planets of their star system or in high orbit. So then they cannot reach out to them. Only the very people who built these arcs can activate them and pilot them. For example, Altians can only pilot Altian technology. Ashai can only pilot Ashai technology. Hregu can only pilot Hreg technology, and so on. No one can take over arcs that are not of their genetic link. In the same as the Galactic Federation of World does, we also provide these rescue arcs. There will always be a crew following the cycles of incarnation of the planet, and who will stand ready at all these crews never reveal their identity. They remain in the protection of the silence and discretion, for they are highly hunted down for their genetic kids. But be reassured. Although until a decade ago, the future of Earth remained unstable, events have changed the face of the future. Now, the threat of extinction was eradicated, since the Nebu Hive was deactivated and destroyed, the Sikar expelled and the Alliance of the Six was dismantled. There is no risk anymore for the population of Earth and our arcs will resurface from the depth of the earth and the oceans and descend from the sky. For they will be offered to the people of earth as places of teaching in all domains when the great joining will occur. You will call it the great global civilian contact. We are rejoicing, for soon we will be together. Well, what an amazing information given 
delivered by Akvaru, Ambassador Akvaru and Emissary Una about the arcs. It is rejoicing to know, as Una said, that we are heading towards a stable and positive timeline that has been stabilized since all the regressive offworlders have been expelled from the star system. But it also is uh, rejoicing as well to know that uh, on a star system, Jahaya, the populations are going to know better times because their new government has decided to side with the alliance and the people and rescind the agreements they passed in the past with the, the, the Sikar. So that is all good. Now about the arcs, it's very interesting. It's interesting to know that all galactic or intergalactic organizations provide arcs, rescue arcs, in case of an emergency, you never know. The planet can be attacked by off-worlders, can be some problems. These arcs are there in case if something happens, and it's a good thing. But this is only offered to all member worlds. Of course, the non-member worlds will also be helped. That is what is happening on, on Earth, but there is, there is no automatic backup arcs, because the, the, all the arcs that are on Earth were brought, as Akvaru explained, by people from the Nataru galaxy, colons. So they brought their, their vessels with all their, their technology, their supplies, but there was no backup arcs offered by the galactic galactic inhabitants of this galaxy. These were all only their vessels that they left there as they settled their colony. The cedars of the intergalactic confederation rarely, rarely established colonies. They are more like watchers and helping worlds. When they arrive on a world, they are going to stay in space or in orbit and rarely establish a ground colony. So there will not be arcs on the ground. Earth has been a little bit different because the Altians have sent the Ashai also, the Ant people have sent their colonies. But the Ashai and the Altians have sent their colonies because there was a problem on Earth with the Anachim, the Anunnaki. So they were there to balance and just uh, watch over the, the genetic experiment and try to, to help the people of Earth. So that was exceptional. They normally don't settle on the world. The Altians, as I uh, can precise again, uh, were those who founded Atla, Atlantis. There is a difference between the arcs brought by the Galactic Federation of Worlds or the Galactics and the arcs brought by the Cedars. It's two different type of arcs, totally different. The arcs that will be brought by the Galactic Federation of Worlds on member worlds or on non-member worlds when there's a exceptional problem like Earth, um, or to its established colonies, these arcs are oblong vessels. They are long vessels, very, very long, very long. The arcs provided, so these arcs provided by the Galactic Federation of Worlds 
of vessels with technology and supplies, be they emergency arcs or be they arcs that brought the colonies there. The supplies are there when it is a colony to help the colony in the transition time, the time they establish cities and leave off the environment of the planet. And also these supplies in case of a rescue arc are there to provide the people who are rescued, the population who are rescued with food and supplies for the time being, they are taken off world and off time and can come back later. So that's how it is. The cedar's arcs are different. They are not oblong ships, they are round. Rarely circular, but most of the time um, discoidal with domes. And these domes are what we call Eden, like on the Nibiru, which is not an arc, it's a mothership. The Edens are ecosystems. And a population can live forever in these ecosystems. It's not the purpose, it's not the purpose to um, to allow this population to live forever. It's always temporary solution, either to be brought back to the world in a future time or either speeded up time or either to be brought to another hospitable planet. If for instance, the world is destroyed and unlivable, you know, sometimes you better off go to another planet which has been ready for it, terraform for it, instead of waiting the terraforming of the destroyed planet because terraforming takes time. Anyways, so two different arcs, the Galactic Federation of Worlds, technology, supplies, and long arcs, the cedars, round or discoidal arcs with domes and biospheres in, uh, on it. So that, that's about, uh, about it. Uh, about the crews, that was very interesting. That was very, very interesting. Well, I've been uh, covering these topics uh, many, many times, but it is always good to remind this. These arcs are, can only be activated and piloted by the culture who um, piloted them, created them, and brought them there. It's a genetic bind. It's a genetic binding. It's... it's genetic and consciousness. The Altians can only activate and pilot Altian arcs. The Pleiadians can only activate and pilot Pleiadian arcs. For instance, nobody can take over somebody else's arcs because they don't have the right genetics and consciousness. What was mentioned uh, also here is that the crews assigned to the arcs which genetic and consciousness are interfaced with the arcs, are going to reincarnate following cycles of incarnation on the planet, standing ready at all times, as Una said, following the cycles of the incarnation. So how does that work? Because you need the genetic key. So how do you incarnate in earth bodies, that are earth bodies? Well, because these earth bodies have strong genetics. They are descendants of ancient colonies and they may also have been hybridized in a very gentle and holographic way that is not invasive, I mean their parents, to be able to present the required genetic percentage 
that is necessary to activate arcs. There are people on this planet who have uh, genetic keys of different uh, even populations that are able to activate different arcs. And that these people are quite very rare. So these crews will reincarnate standing ready. And sometimes they will not remember who they are, but sometimes they will. When the times will be like, oh, dodgy, like it has been recently. And you better remember who you are, guy, because you never know, you may go need and have to go there. You know, some, some have... Now, some have bodies in stasis in these, uh, these arcs. Not all arcs have bodies in stasis. Uh, the Anahim do that a lot. They, they do avatars and avatars in stasis a lot. So these, uh, these, this will be a transfer of consciousness at that, if you are an Anunnaki pilot, you will have a transfer of consciousness. That means this body will die. This will deactivate and you will transfer consciousness into the crew. So that's how it works. The crews never reveal who they are. And for a reason is that the deep state has been hunting down these people, as Una said, uh, forever to try to get the genetic keys and the consciousness because you need the soul and the genetics to activate technology. Uh, it hasn't really worked. And so these crews are very discreet. They know once they remember who they are, they remember they must not talk. They must not reveal who they are. They must go like unnoticed, you know. Well, it has been incredible information this week. And I hope you will have a good time and a good fun with all the disclosure going on. And see you next week for a next episode of Star Nation News. 